0: What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. Phoenix Down, episode number 54.1. And we're continuing our playthrough of Danganronpa 2, Goodbye Despair. And tonight, I have with me Matt. Hello. And returning guest, Jay. Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi, huh? Now yeah, i yep. changing it up, huh? Mm-hmm. So, (laughs) Danganronpa 2, we continue on, finish chapter 1, moving on to chapter 2, a few things that occur uh, during this time, during the quote-unquote daily life. Uh, The first one being, um, the island has now opened up a little bit more. Uh, Monami says that she has quote-unquote defeated one of the mono-beasts that were guarding one of the bridges.
1: Apparently a badass.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Apparently a badass. And uh, now a new part of, or a new island itself, has been opened up to us. So we can go explore there. Uh, On top of that, uh, since the last trial, everybody's really suspicious of Nagito. Which they should be, because he's fucking nuts. Yeah he's, yeah, he's crazy, right? He
2: basically admitted to the fact that he would he would help a killer do his dirty work if they asked him to. Right, you know? he encourages the killing.
1: Yeah, it's almost worse than just being crazy. It's like he's actively subterfuging everybody.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. just to make things more difficult.
1: Yeah.
0: So, um, at the at the beginning, whenever we always go meet up at the. Uh, I guess it's not cafeteria. That was in the first game. The restaurant. Uh when we meet up at the restaurant, he's not there. Nobody knows where he is. And everybody's like, ah screw him. Who cares? Um so um we get the big information that a new island has opened up, so that's the first thing we do is go and check out the new island. Uh okay, so I'm trying to imagine all of the areas on the new island. Um, I know the beach house, mm-hmm. uh, there's a beach house. That's obviously right on the beach. Um, there is a diner, which is, you kind of, you kind of have to go to the diner to get to the beach house. Right. Um, uh, it's like through a little cove. Uh, there is a pharmacy. Oh shit. What else is on that Island? Anybody remember? Uh,
2: that that island doesn't have too much stuff as far as like relevant things to the case goes.
0: Yeah, that's the thing is like most of the stuff is not relevant to the case at all. Yeah.
2: Uh. So don't worry about it if it if it pops up during the case trials. We'll mention it then.
0: Okay.
1: Here's a random question: Does the farm ever come up in anything? Um. The, not and certainly, I don't think of anything we've played so far. Uh well Unless they go
2: back to the farm for something. Uh but uh it's nothing important to the
1: case or anything like that. Yeah. Seems like, like you're have included if it if it doesn't end up coming in later.
2: Oh maybe maybe it will. You know, we still have uh, multiple cases to
0: go. Yeah. That's true. So uh we continue on through our daily life of exploring the little area, hanging out with people, stuff like that. Are we all sticking with the same people that we have? What do you mean? Like, uh, t- who you're talking who you're, to, who you're hanging out with kind of thing.
1: I've actually, I've still been kind of on the path of hanging out with everybody a little bit.
0: Uh-huh. Okay.
1: Um, pretty much. I think most people I've hung out with at least once now.
0: Okay. What about you, Drew? I've stuck with uh gamer girl and team manager, man. Okay. Uh, in fact, at the, the next case, I finished both of them. Nice. So you get uh, both the,
2: the final skills that you get for getting all their hope fragments, right?
0: Yeah. yeah those as, things are useful. As well as their underwear, apparently. Sure. Yeah. I've got both their undergarments. You know, the thing about it is that
2: I appreciate the fact that you also get a guy's undergarments as well. It's true. That's, that's equal. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's fair.
0: So, uh, but yeah, um, I think through a few, I think a couple, like, at least two days passed, right?
2: Uh, like a day and a half, kind of. You're talking about when they start talking about Nagito again? Yeah,
0: Nagito again, because, like, the first day, everybody's like, where's Nagito? We don't know. Ah, fuck him. All right. But eventually, um, God. uh. Kazuichi? Is that how you say his name? Uh, so the, the, uh the mechanic guy? Yeah, the yeah, mechanic Kazuchi. Uh, the mechanic guy slips up and, uh, says that they have, uh, detained Nagito. Um, they said that they have tied him up. It's revealed that they tied him up. Him and, uh, who, who else helped out with that? Was it Nekomaru?
2: Yeah, Nekomaru helped out.
0: Yeah, uh, they tied him up and put him in the old, uh, I guess the the conference hall, um, no, it's up, like the banquet hall where yeah. the the first murder took place, yeah, uh, and they got him there because they don't trust him, they don't know what else he's up to, so they um they just left him there uh and it's been decided that we should at least try and feed him because he hasn't ate in a day, right, and um a photographer girl. God, I can't remember her name. Uh, my Hero. My Hero. Yeah, she uh, takes on the the role of doing that for now. Um, eventually, uh, we get stuck with that. But, um... Shit, I think... Um, <laughs> I got I, I, I'm, I'm so fucked about like what happens during this daily life stuff that eventually... uh, like the
2: thing about it, it's like not a lot of important things you got to focus on the important stuff right like yeah. Nagito being detained and stuff like that's important yeah but the next big thing that happens outside of you know you going over to see Nagito like being all chained up and locked in the banquet hall is that uh, Manakuma gathers everyone at the park again
0: yeah
2: and he says oh, I have a new motive for you guys to begin the killings again and he kind of presents a game. Uh, it's like an arcade game machine in the middle of the park that he, he wants people to play. And that's going to somehow serve as motivation for everybody. And the game is uh, something called like Twilight. Uh, what's it called? Oh god, Twilight, Twilight Syndrome, right?
0: Yeah, Twilight yep. Syndrome death mur- or murder case or something like that.
2: Yeah, something like that. And uh, everyone's like, oh, well, we're not going to, you know, play into your game. You know, we're not going to play this, uh, play this game. And then, you know, we're not going to, you know, play by your rules. But at the same time, Monokumo's like, well, if you don't play it and someone else does and they get some kind of information that you don't have that gives them an advantage, you know, then you're probably going to die. So everyone kind of goes their own way, but everyone's kind of looking very suspicious, like they want to play and see what he's talking about. Because, you know, curiosity is a very compelling emotion.
0: He also mentioned that if you manage the first person to beat the game gets a special prize. Yeah. That uh would definitely help out with the motive. So uh yeah, for like and uh we decided we're not gonna play the game and a whole day passes. Um interestingly enough, we run into Yakuza guy, Fukihiku. Fukihiku. Is that it? Fu uh, Fukihiku
2: fui- Fuyuhiko
0: Fuyohiko, yeah. Uh, And he is uh, walking on his own, being the asshole he is, and um, we notice he has a file in his hand, or an envelope. We ask him what it is, he says, mind your own fucking business, and walks off. That's weird. Um, So, uh, we're eventually approached by Mechanic, um, who is... He's kind of perverted, not as perverted as the cook was, Mm -hmm. but he really wants to spy on the girls. And he has heard through the grapevine that, uh, the girls are planning to go swimming at the beach next to the beach house. So, uh, he has the great idea of going to the diner and waiting on them so that he can then, coincidentally show up and say, Oh, we were going swimming too. Why don't we join you guys? So he can see them in the bathing suits
2: mm-hmm.
0: and he wants to bring us along. So uh,
2: it'd be, it'd be weird by himself. See?
0: Yeah. So he has a plan. So reluctantly we go and we wait at the diner. Um, we wait there for an hour because they're supposed to meet up at, God, what was it? Was It 11 o'clock in the morning. Or no, it was in the afternoon. It was it was in the two, afternoon, yeah. it was two o'clock in the afternoon and we got there at one. And so we had to sit there and wait. Uh during that time, uh we uh notice um the Yakuza guy, he's there. Um he's just, he says he's just passing by, just walks by. Um and while we're waiting in the diner, we notice uh running from the cove where the beach house is is the traditional dancer girl, and she is crying her eyes out while running. I um,
1: thought oh, Fuyuhiko at that point was a little suspicious because, you know, he happens to be over here right now while we're waiting. When mm-hmm. we were in in the first scene, uh, I forget who was waiting outside doing guard duty, but you know, Fuyuhiko walked up, and that was his alibi—that he had walked up and then left you know it seems like he's always kind of skirting around when things are happening
2: right the, it could almost be viewed as like he's trying to create alibi for
0: himself right yeah the, yeah
1: or go ahead. or, or he, like he he's always excluded but he kind of you know he kind of wishes that they would force him to be there right mm. like it's it's his nature to say no i, I don't i don't want to go leave me alone yeah i, I don't need these guys but the, you know kind of that underlying well you know i really wish you would force me to so i'm gonna i'm gonna happen to walk by and you know and maybe then maybe you'll invite me in or force me to come in
2: yeah very kind of shy and kind of stick
1: yeah kind of covering up shyness with like aggressive aversion to hang out with anybody
0: okay um before all this there's another question i have um do we play the game before we do the diner stuff
2: uh i do believe you do play the game before yeah you, you go at night because, you know, you're starting to get really curious about what the game is, so you kind of sneak out at nighttime, yeah. and then you go play the game by yourself.
1: But interestingly, interesting, you, you play the days, right? Yeah. And so you play days two and days four in the game.
2: Yeah. And then you just get, a like, a really anticlimactic game over. And then uh, you just kind of leave and say, like, wow, well, this game was garbage. <laughs> it didn't explain anything. It just shows someone getting killed with a with a metal bat, and then that was it it was yeah. just like a 2D scroller thingy. So, you know, you kind of see it as kind of a non-event and go about your life. And now we're at this point where we're waiting at the diner.
0: Uh yeah. So, um we see traditional dancer girl. I'm I'm calling them by their ultimates because the, I'm just going to butcher the names. <laughs> uh we see her run off. She's crying. We're like, "What the fuck's up with her?" Um and then um we uh we one by one everybody starts coming into the diner uh we um see god who was it um there was sonya was there there was um gamer girl was there um uh pico peco yep yeah peco Peco
1: shows up soaking wet
0: yeah she shows up soaking wet tells everybody that she's been trying to find a way off the island by doing swimming around the island um, Akane shows up covered yeah. in blood. Akane shows <laughs> yeah. up covered in blood. She said that she had been uh, sparring with uh, Nekumaru. Um but she says she's totally fine.
2: Uh, Mikan was also there too, and then she sees Akane, you know, being all bloodied up, and then decides to take her, you know, uh, so that she
0: can treat her wounds. Right. And so everybody's. And so we're, we 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 play our whole shtick of. Hey, we're here too. We might as well go swimming with you guys. So as we're uh going to the uh beach house, I think um Kazuichi goes ahead, right? Yeah, Kazuichi goes ahead, yeah. And he's the one that yells out. Mm hmm. He discovers something,
2: he yells out for everyone to come, and then there's a a body announcement, like a first, as soon as Kazuichi uh kind of discovers the body. Yeah. And then, um, you know, he yells, and then you know, yells. Then you see uh, Mahiro, the ultimate photographer girl, uh, dead, uh, dead, on the floor, like leaning up against the door. And there is a metal bat next to her, along with. Uh, was there a bat next to her, or was yeah. there just? Yeah, there was a bat next to her, and there was a little little mask thingy, like
0: a like a children's toy mask thing. Right. So everybody's really shocked. Why would anybody want to kill her? Who did this? So begins the investigation. Um, uh, the first thing we notice is that there is a blood stain kind of leading up to the body, uh, which means somebody must have moved the body. Um, Yeah,
1: at first we mentioned she might have crawled, but she's not in the position, like that's not how you end up if you crawl anywhere. Yeah,
0: at the same time, the Monokuma file also says that she died instantly from the blunt force trauma to the head. Um, so if she's dead, she can't move. Um, also, uh, searching the, uh, closet that is in the beach house. Uh, we find a few things. Uh, the first one being there is a, um, a gummy, a yellow gummy, um, laying in the uh, closet. Um, funny enough, traditional dancer girl loves to eat gummies. um, we, we learn that during the daily life. See, there's small things like that that I keep forgetting to mention that are... No,
2: you don't have to mention it then. You can, we can just mention it as they pop up, as they become relevant, because there's a lot of red herrings, too. Yeah. So we don't want to mention everything. But that's the, that's the good thing. If you play the game, there are a lot of these little hints that pop up that seem kind of, you know, unimportant and insignificant, but they end up being very significant to the case files later down the line. So these are things that you might miss. Uh, but yeah oh, oh no, we'll cover the necessities,
0: yeah so um God, what else there's a uh uh the trash can that's there is filled with uh water bottles,
2: yeah, empty water bottles
0: um and uh there's a lot of um water bottles that are missing from like the, the cooler that was there or the refrigerator right. um and then there's the big mask that's there. Um, there was a a small little um deep to the library that was the other building that was on the there because yes, with the yes. library uh sonia um who is obsessed with certain things um particularly she loves Japanese dramas uh, and she
2: loves like occult kind of things like yeah
0: you know uh, one of them being serial killers, yeah, and there was um a serial killer that she was reading about. Um that she read in a foreign book. Um that she, she apparently she reads like eight different languages or something like that.
2: Like thirty, yep.
0: Um and um she translated it for us and it was talking about a famous serial killer who only kills people in the name of justice. So only kills people who deserve to be killed. Um and that is God, what's the name of the serial killer? Sparkling Justice. Sparkling justice. Um, and she is fully determined that's, that's one of sparkling justices. Like, that's the MO. You know, it's, she, she always wears a mask and kills somebody. Um, we don't know if it is a man or a woman. They've never been yeah. able to, uh, identify the person since they always wear a mask and they're always kind of like hidden when they do this stuff. Um, There's a bathroom in the, um, the bath house, or not the bath house, but the, the beach house. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only thing we can think of that we can gather is that the um, the window would be too tall for somebody to reach up by themselves and grab to climb out.
2: Yeah, windows really high up on the by the by the ceiling, so you would need someone else's help if you wanna climb on there. But it's big enough for someone to get out of, it's just really hard to reach. And also the um the, the bathroom has a shower, but the shower doesn't work.
0: Yeah, the water's turned off. So um the other thing is is that it is forbidden to uh change clothes in the um in the beach house. So you can't change clothes there. Otherwise it's breaking the rules. That uh, that
1: that that seems odd to me. It seems like it's the kind of rule that was only put in to make the murder slightly more complicated.
2: Uh well it's not actually making it it actually makes it less complicated. Because of, uh when you make when you let make absolutes you kind of start closing loopholes that could have been missed, you know what I mean? So it actually yeah. makes it less complicated by setting that rule. And the thing about it is, like Drew mentioned before, there are some rules that uh, was it Usami, you know, the previous, uh, the rabbit set for uh, their trip, that's be still being upheld, even though Monokuma has taken over. You know, there is some, like, one of the remnants of those rules is that, like, not being able to change within the, uh, the beach house. You know, it's supposed to be like a wholesome thing, like it doesn't want like people getting like naked and just having like sex everywhere or stuff like this. So like you have these whole like school based laws along with these killing kind of rules as well. But they're both being upheld with like ironclad rules.
0: Yeah. Um All the clues pretty much are in this beach house. Uh the the other thing is is that um the there's only one set of tracks uh leaving the beach house um and they come from the opposite door so there's two ways to enter the beach house itself there's one that's facing the beach and there's one that's facing the cove going back toward the toward the um the diner well that door's blocked off because dead body there so nobody can go through that door um and the um the footprints lead from the door going around the house, basically facing the uh, the beach. And those are the only footprints that are there. So, obviously, it had to have been the killer that did that, right?
2: Right. And another thing happened is that um, uh, Nagita was curious about whose footprints uh, those could be, so he actually snuck into everyone's, like, uh, cottage rooms, and then took measurements of everyone's shoes, and has determined that it's the traditional dancers, Hyoko's, footprints. That's leading out from the uh, the beach house, and uh, another thing is that um, you know after you kind of discover all the stuff information um, uh, that was in the in, in the house there was she there was a note on Mahiru saying that uh like she someone um, Hioko Hi- the traditional dancer wanted to meet her there yeah uh you know so I think she the note said like something like two thirty or something like that wanted to meet her. And uh you know after that, you actually go and play the game because it turns out that the game that you played wasn 't the actual full game; it right. was just a part of it, so you have to put in a special code, you have to press down, 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 down uh, after you after you lose in order to get to the true ending, and then you do that, and then you kind of look at the the game and after the game ends there's credits, and it actually starts listing the the people as uh people that you know. Like there's a, like Ibuki is one of the characters there, Hioko, Mahiro, uh uh Mikan and stuff like that. They're all characters in this game. And there are two characters that get killed during the course of this game. So you have to kinda of wonder like who these people were, did this actually kinda of happen and whatnot. So you take that information and you start drawing conclusions on who 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 uh girl A, girl B and stuff like that are
0: Yeah. That got a little confusing. Because yeah, that, he,
1: that's why I'm taking notes. Yeah. Like, I was, while I was playing the game in the game, I mm-hmm. wish I had been taking notes like, Girl A said, you know, said this type of thing. Girl B said this type of thing. Because after the fact, it was, it was a little tough to remember which one was which. Uh,
2: if you screw up, they uh, tell you like the characteristics of a person. It's like, oh, this person was really shy. This person was really, you know, like angry and foul mouthed. You kind of you can kind of piece together things, and after you get the who's who, you, know, you can just write down like girl A is you know like Mikan and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah af- after that information, we basically get uh, what was it uh, we find uh, we go to my hero's cottage, and we get the the envelope that was supposed to be given to the the winner of the game. Right, And in the envelope, there's pictures of the girls, um, Ibuki, um, was it uh, Hyoko and uh, Mikan, right? Yeah. So they're all together in an unknown setting. So this must have been taken some other place than uh, in the island because they don't have any memories of that. A picture of a broken vase, uh, a dead girl, and another dead girl in a, in a kind of like similar looking circumstances. So two dead girls, the pictures of the girls and the broken vase, like real pictures that they got there. So you kind of feel like, OK, this is what's given to the winner. But Marhiro was actually not the first person to win because she got the note uh, on inside her Cottage that says, like, you know, remember, play the game. You know, this is how you get to the true ending. And then it tells you, remember what you did to my sister. So that's like a note that she got. So it seems like someone gave her all this information for her to go play the game so that she can maybe remember something that she may or may not have done. And then after that point, the the, the trials actually start because you have all the information you need. Mm. Right.
1: Yeah, it seems like it was a relatively short case as far as the number of things you need to put together, the number of locations and...
2: Yeah, um, it was, uh, I mean, it's still the second case, so they're not going to get, I mean, you, you played the third case, so you know how complex it's getting, um, But, yeah, the second case they want they wanna, they don't want to do it do uh the difficulty too high uh, right at the bat, so they keep it relatively simple, but the thing about this case that was unique is that you kind of have to solve two murder cases, right yeah, because you have to solve the murder case within the Twilight Syndrome game and also so, the murder case that actually unfolded, so there's like two things you have to do, yeah, but uh yeah, we go directly into the trial
0: so geez. first thing to establish is, is who are all the players in the game, the characters in the game and who they represent in our real yeah. life. Um, and through powers of deduction, we know that the, based on their personalities, we can piece together who these people are the person with the camera, obviously photographer, girl, foul mouth girl, traditional dancer, all this other stuff. Um, but the bigger one, Is who is the guy? So the guy, which we we see it through the game, the guy is ultimately the last killer of the game. Um, Because, so there's three people, so there's two people who die in the game. The first one being a girl who the numerous schoolgirls find and decide not to do anything about, not to tell anybody. To which one of those girls is killed because they didn't they didn't report it or anything like that, and then another one is killed at the very end of the game uh, by obviously the guy because he he keeps yelling I will never forgive you or something like that.
2: So uh, a girl is killed, and the girl is, happens to be that guy's sister right and uh the second girl that dies is the girl that killed the sister in the first place yeah at, by the guy uh as, as like a, as like a revenge thing so you have to kind of try to piece together who's who so it looks like or based on the game the reason why the um, the guy's sister was killed is because apparently she was a bad person yeah she was uh she was harassing um the the photographer girl my and was supposed was about to do something terrible to her, maybe kill her. I don't know. Maybe do uh, maybe do something even worse. And the, um, the the girl that killed her was like her uh, Mahira's best friend, and she wanted to protect her, so she killed her. And she made it kind of look like a, like a pervert kind of did it. So we go directly into solving the case of the Twilight uh, the Twilight case, and um, we figure out that yeah, it was it was girl E girl E. Uh, her name is Sato or something like that, and she was the killer and she kind of hid the information with uh, you know where the sound was coming from by breaking the vase uh to making it sound like the the window that was broken in the crime scene was the sound and uh, basically created a locked room case where yeah there the sound ca- sound happened over there made the made it look like the killer jumped out of the window in order to kind of get away so you know when the when the when the people w- walked in they were like oh the the killer just got away but it in in truth the uh, the girl was killed and the door was locked from the outside and then the the noise was made elsewhere yeah so so that's that's like an important fact so you kind of get like that that's kind of settles the motivation right to figure out um like how you know or why someone would want to kill my hero in the first place because you got to have a reason to kill someone
0: right uh the only person that we can gather the guy could be would be Fukihiku, Fukihiko because Fuyuhiko, yeah. Fuyuhiko because he um he had mentioned before that he has a sister who um you know like uh, he doesn't know if he wants to run the Yakuza family. Uh his sister could easily do that kind of thing. And he's talked about her on a few occasions and now he's feeling like if he if he can't remember what has happened in the past possibly couple of years then he doesn't know what any of it means. So, um, but we've—that's got to be who it is because it's the only person that's ever mentioned a sister.
2: But at the same time, Fujiko says, "Like, okay, so you say I'm the guy from the game, but that's complete conjecture. What does that have to do with the case?" And then he says, "Look at the evidence. Like, there's no, there's no, you know, proof that I was ever there." And then he starts pointing out evidence uh, towards Hyoku. You know, uh, talking about the, the footprints leading out of the leading out of uh, uh, the beach house because that, that's the only exit out of the beach house, and it's got her footprints and only her footprints. And uh, in Hioko basically says like, "Oh well, I was going on um on the morning walk," you know. It's like, a, but not not really because she got she also got a note, uh, you know. She sent a note to Mahiro like you know she, it wasn't it wasn't their possession. Saying, telling her to meet uh, her at the beach house at two thirty, and she says uh, you know, like he, she had no idea that uh, Mahiro was given a note like that, so she kind of denies it. And they say, like, well, what about the the gummy bear in the the closet? You must have been hiding inside the closet after you sent the note to Mahiro, and uh, as soon as she came in, you must have killed her using the baseball bat. And while you were there, you must have uh, dropped one of the, uh, the the gummy bears there. You know, because that's, cause one of, that's one of the ones that she likes. But at this point, it turns out that the gummy bear that was dropped on the floor is not one of the ones that uh, not a part of the brand that she eats. Yeah. Like she hates the flavor of lemon, so she doesn't eat that uh, that flavor at all. So you know, like, well, then what's going on then? So they're saying that, like, well, if if she didn't drop it, you know, then it must have been planted there to make her look suspicious. Right then it kind of goes to who would benefit from that like who would want to you know kind of make it look like hiroku was the killer
0: yeah um also the fact that um she has to be lying because she um or we we say that she's lying that she went on a morning walk because we saw we me us and mechanic saw her running away from the beach house crying uh, at around 2.30. So, uh, and the other important fact is is that they both received almost identical letters except for the fact that one of them says a different time.
2: Yeah, the uh, traditional girl got a note that says she wanted to be uh, meeting at the beach house at 2 o'clock and uh, the photographer got it at 2.30. Yeah. So it's clear that uh, the Hiyoku got there
0: first. Right. So, uh, God, what's the next step? I can't remember. So
2: basically, basically she says that, like, Hyoko at this point comes kind of clear. It's like, well, I'm not the murderer. I'm telling you guys, you know? So what happened is that I got there at 2 o'clock, like the notes said, and then I, I got unconscious. Like, someone must have knocked me out. She doesn't know how it happened. But um, she says she got knocked out, and she woke up inside the closet. And when she woke up and walked out of the closet to get out, she noticed Mohiro dead you know, her, her dead body kind of leaning up on the door, you know, already exactly the way we found her. Right. So, seeing that, you know, her friend was was killed, and she didn't know what to do, she just kind of, like, ran for her life, because obviously it makes it look really bad, you know, that she's the first person to discover the body. Right. So, but at the same time, like, uh, okay, so if you left, um, then how, if there was truly another killer, uh, how, how could she, uh, how could that person... Have like left then, you know? Like there's no, there's no tracks or anything like that. There's no, there's nothing that kind of leads you to believe that uh, they were able to leave the beach house without creating any kind of footsteps at all. Right.
1: I love after the fact, but if if I remember correctly, they didn't mention this the first time they were talking to Hioko. Mm-hmm. But later she's like, "Well, I also know they couldn't have been waiting in the bathroom, in the shower room, because I looked in there real quick before I left." Did you right, say that? that? Well, that 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 was the evidence for how. Like, she, she, I think I thought Hyoko said that she checked in there before she left.
0: There was nobody else in the room with her.
1: No, I think right. I think she was. she was talking
0: I,
2: about like she. I don't think she checked the shower room at all. I think she just like saw the dead body and just left. I think what she mentioned was that she woke up in the closet and looked around and there was no one else there in the closet with her. Not in the not in the shower room.
1: Right. Yeah. I so.
2: Yeah, because in the shower room. Uh, and another thing that they say is that, like, well, if if the killer wanted to plant evidence in the sh- in the uh, closet, then they must have done it after Hioko left. Because if Hioko woke up and noticed that there was a piece of gummy next to her, and then this, this you know, that's kind of like implicating her, you know, to be in that in that place, she would have obviously removed it, right? Yeah. So the killer must have planted that evidence after she after Hioko left. So that means the killer must have still been inside the beach house some, uh, and in some place, you know, just kind of like hiding. Yeah. And um, it, yeah, go ahead, Drew.
0: We come to the conclusion that there was actually a place they could hide since they didn't hide in the bathroom. Um, there was no other place in the beach house except for the closet. And uh, in the closet, there was a a, a, bunch, a little bit of a mess in there. Uh, particularly, there was um, numerous uh, surfboard cases that could easily hold somebody. And so we come to the conclusion that somebody was hiding in the closet with Hyoko. Whenever she woke up, she didn't realize it because she was in kind of a, a stupor when she walked out, when she walked outside, she saw the body and immediately ran away. Um, and then the person emerged from the surfboard case and began doing everything they needed to do. Um, the only issue is is that if they did this kind of murder, it's obviously very messy, right?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of blood at the scene, you know, especially if the murderer uh, did move the body, which is true because, you know, she died instantaneously. She didn't move herself. The murderer clearly moved the body from one place to the next to kind of block one exit, you know from being used to kind of implicate Hioko using those particular footsteps. So that murderer or killer would have been covered in blood, you know, would have had a lot of blood on them.
0: Yeah. So then we have to come up with a way of how did they get rid of all the blood on their person? Well, at that point we start having to rule out who people were, where they were whenever we first ran into everybody. So we go over all the women um, first thing that comes to mind, obviously, is Akane because she's covered in fucking blood whenever she walks into the diner. Right. She plays it off like it's her blood, and she got into a sparring match with Nekomaru.
2: And uh, Nekomaru confirms this, so she has an alibi that wasn't her blood at all.
0: Yeah. Um, Sonia could possibly be the person because uh, she was wearing a um, a wetsuit that could easily keep everything on there, but her wetsuit didn't have any blood on it whenever we saw it. Um and she couldn't have changed because hey, guess what? One of the rules is littering. You can't litter or throw anything without suffering the consequences of it. Also we checked the, the trash can, there's nothing there. No, the the trash can has a bunch of water bottles, empty water bottles. Yeah. Well that's what I'm saying I'm, as far as bloody stuff goes. Oh, okay, okay. Um so Then we come up with the bright idea of they had to have washed the blood off. Well, how'd they do that? Because there's no footprints leading to the beach. The water doesn't work in the shower. So how'd the hell they do it? Well, looking at the trash can, we see those balls of water. They must have poured water on themselves using the balls of water and then disposed of them in the trash. So... That leads up to only one person who was completely fucking wet during the entire time. Whenever we ran into them, and that was Peko. Right. So. Yeah.
1: So this is around the point I had one really uh, annoying aspect. I find I find sort of the third part of the of each case where you're, where you know some of them are kind of like rapid fire trying to come up with counter arguments to the statements that are being said. Hmm. And th- th- this is where I started to feel like this game wants me to fail at some points. What do you there's mean? A, there, there's a couple, of different, a couple of different things between case two and case three. But in this case, there was one question that I like was so confused by because they, they were talking about whether people could have blood on them and, and whether Hyoko could have blood on them. And somebody had asked, well, what if she... Took her clothes off, moved the body, and then put her clothes back on. And so, and and that would be the reason why she didn't have blood on her clothes. And some of the options were because she can't dress herself, and another option was she can't undress herself. To which oh. I, pick, yeah, I picked. I picked she can't undress herself, which was not the right answer. To which case, I'm like, well, I, I, I know she can't undress herself because she can't.
2: No, actually, they they actually clearly go out of their way to mention that she can undress herself but she can't tie the knot. Like she can undo the knot, but she can't make another knot. Like the the, the traditional kimono garbs have a has a lot of like really elaborate knots and stuff like that to them. Undoing them is easy. Putting them together is tough. So they actually did mention that specifically, uh like like twice.
1: But the but the absolute next line after this um our character Hajime says she can't change. It's impossible for her to put on or take off her clothes.
2: That should have said like for her to dress herself or or that that might have been a mistake. That's not right. how I remember but it was okay. Just a
1: mistake, but it literally was exactly what I had just said was the answer. The game told me no and then my player character told me that I was right and it was just really confusing. Are you sure Hajime said that? Cuz I don't remember yep. him saying that. But okay. Screen of it. Just All right. just. I was so shocked by I'm like, but I just picked she can't undress. <laughs> I, you know, it makes it makes sense she can't dress. All right, you know, from what we know, yeah, I, I guess of the two, that one's more appropriate. But then to immediately on the next line say, Well, she can't dress or undress herself. Well, she couldn't like technically speaking, she couldn't
2: undress herself because you're not allowed to change, right? You're not allowed to yeah. Like take off your clothes, so he's right. Like you can't undress yourself, but the fact that the 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 question was answered and you could only choose one from the other is confusing. I agree.
1: Yeah, and then well, the other the other one I'll save till we get closer to the reveal here.
0: But... Okay. okay,
2: sure.
0: Um, so everyone gets the bright idea that it is Pecco who mm-hmm. has committed the murder. Um, switch. Fukihiko gets really defensive. Yeah, he
2: gets really, really personally defensive and angry at you for accusing Peko.
0: Yeah. Um, and um, he's like, okay, well if that's the case, how do you explain... She Alright, so let's say she used the balls of water to wash herself off. How the fuck did she get out of the beach house? There's no other uh, footprints anywhere leading out of the beach house, so explain that. like, okay, well, the only other way she could have went out is through the window. All right, dumbass, can't reach the window by yourself. But we forget one very important thing, her bamboo sword that she carries around with her. She's the ultimate swordswoman. She always carries that sword around with her, even whenever she's got a bikini on. And we play it out that she uses her sword to use it as kind of like a stepladder.
2: Right, like a footstool or some sort, just kind yeah. of leaning it up against the wall and just step on the where the the hilt is. Yeah, uh,
0: which would allow her to grab hold of where the um, the window is, and then using the um, I guess what like the sash that's connected to it, mm-hmm. pulling it up with her foot and leaving without using leaving any footprints that lead out of any of the doors, and that's when she starts going fucking kind of crazy. Yep.
2: Yeah, she says like, well, she actually at this point admits that she's uh, the one that killed my hero. And um, she starts talking about like, she starts going on and on about justice. And then all of a sudden she has the mask on of the, of the serial killer sparkling justice. Yep.
0: I mean, I mean, she's, she starts talking like she's, sparkling justice she admits that she's the serial killer who's been going around killing everybody in the name of justice she knew that the ultimate photographer had committed murder so it was only right that she killed her to bring justice and that's all she wants to do is bring justice to the world um but in doing so um she's wanting everybody to not vote for her
2: yeah so she can so, continue so she on with her justice
0: yeah continue on with justice it's crazy yeah she's
2: she's all of a sudden she seemed like a very calm you know like nice person and uh, once she put on the mask and she started talking as uh, sparkling justice she, she seems like a like a crazy fanatical person yeah and then at this point, we're like, okay, well, she admitted it. Uh, the evidence, every piece of evidence points to her. It's only she could have done it. So they vote her in. And yeah, it turns out that she is the killer. But all of a sudden, after the voting is done, Sonia says like, but that doesn't seem right. Yeah. Uh, uh, sparkling justice um, is not Japanese. Uh, the, the, the nationality of a, the sparkling justice is supposed to be someone from like a Spanish uh, descendant. So he's like, well, that doesn't seem right.
0: Uh, yeah. So we bring up the fact that, alright, so I want you to say the Sparkling Justice catchphrase, uh, in Spanish. She can't do it. So she's not really Sparkling Justice. Kind of find out. Uh, and what is finally admitted, um, is that, uh, Fukihiko and her know each other. In fact, Mm -hmm. they've known each other for a very long time. Uh, since they were kids, they were all part of the Yakuza family. Now, as while she was not related to him, she grew up being his bodyguard, basically. Um, yeah, she was
2: uh, picked up as an orphan after her parents abandoned her. Yeah. So she kind she was kind of picked up uh, to become like uh, Fuyuhiko's property, kind of yeah. like his tool is his bodyguard, more or less.
0: Yeah, so um, she serves kind of like as a hitman for him. And um it's revealed that the person who actually finished the game for the first time and got the information that he needed was actually the Yakuza himself, Fukiko. And with this information, he doesn't know if it's true or not, but he sees that picture of the dead girl, and it's a picture of his sister. He gets very upset and decides to set it up to have everybody... Meet up at the uh, the beach house at certain times so that he can uh, deal with the photographer girl um, and he brings Pecco along with him um, Peco has everything set up she's already knocked out a traditional dancer girl she's in the she's in the closet uh, passed out um, and they are getting ready to basically assassinate the um the photographer girl. Uh Peko does it to in order to kind of protect uh Fukihiko as kind of like uh the ultimate tool for him. Uh and he's kind of hesitant about it to begin with. Um but they go along with it for now, at which that's that's the big thing leading up to it is that did we actually vote the wrong person okay Yes. Yeah. so uh yeah they're getting ready to assassinate but the, what brings up the fact that we're thinking okay so if peko is only a tool for fukihiko isn't fukihiko actually the real killer here
2: right so you can think of it as a guy like let's say for example uh up you, you shoot a gun, right? Is the gun the killer or the person who pulls the trigger? Yeah. Because the gun is an inanimate object that just does everything that you tell it to do. It just follows your order. It's just a simple tool. And Peko is making the case that like she has no emotions. Everything she's done at this point or till this point is because Fuyuhiko has ordered it as such. So he says, like, well, I'm, I'm a tool. It doesn't matter. So you guys voted the wrong person. It was actually a Fuyuhika that was a killer. Now he's the black end and he got away with this, so now everyone else is gonna die, including herself, while he goes he goes uh, scot free. And that's that's what she
0: wants. Right. But then there's a very small thing um that somebody uh shit. I, I fucking can't <laughs> remember the last part.
2: Um. Well, at, after at that point, like after they talk about the storyline, like uh, they kind of talk to Fuyuhiko, saying like, "Is it is it true? Is Peko just a tool? Is she not a human being to you?" And Fuyuhiko is being really hesitant. He's not saying it, you know. He's not saying that like, "Oh, she's nothing to me," or anything. Like that he's he's kind of keeping quiet. He seems really distraught. He doesn't know what to say. And um, when it when they when it, when the push comes to shove, like Fuyuhiko says, like, "No, you're not. You're not just a tool." And then uh, Pequod starts getting emotional, and Monokuma is like, "Well, tools don't show emotion, you know." Yeah. And uh, Fuyuhiko has claimed that uh, you know you have you're not uh, someone that uh, someone that's like you know like a like an emotionless tool or like a non-human being or something like that, so it doesn't count. And the and the bad thing is that Monohoku, Ma, Monokuma has uh, known all along because he has all those surveillance cameras. He right. knows everything that happened, and he knows that actually. Um, Peko actually took the bath from uh, Fuyihiko when he was about to kill Mahiro himself. You know, when he was kind of enraged, and then he kind of, she kind of decided to take uh, uh, the the burden onto herself. So clearly, she did it out of her own free will. Uh, yeah. Fuyuhiko never ordered her to kill her at all. Yes. So he knew all along, but he kind of lied and kind of decided to watch to make everyone sweat. So in in the end, like uh, Peko is getting dragged, she's about to get assassinated, and uh, Fuyihiko uh, doesn't want that to happen. Uh, and you know, Peko just wants to kind of wanted to sacrifice her life for the you know the betterment of her master. But uh, apparently, uh, Fuyuhiko had feelings for her, and they, it's, it's kind of mutual, so to speak. Yeah.
0: So uh, the assassination is going to be, or the 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 punishment is going to be. Uh, she's going to be killed by a bunch of robotic samurais. By
2: a bunch of robotic samurai monokumas. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, she's starting to fight them off with her sword for a while there. Um, and as she's about to be killed, um, Fukihiko runs in and jumps in the way of it and gets slashed. Um, the, but I mean, in the end, she, she also gets overwhelmed as well. Um,
2: well, uh, Fuy- gets slashed, uh, as, um, like right behind the Monokuma that, uh, that Peko slashes and then gets kind of like, like slashed right up in his right eye yeah like right directly up and then Peko kind of no sees this and then she drops her weapon. Uh, goes down to like uh comfort him and grab him and then she just every all the monokumas get on top of her and just, just start slashing her to pieces.
0: Yeah. Um so we we think that both of them are dead. Uh, kind of freaking every, everybody out um but um kind of an he's uh Fuhio is actually not dead. Uh he has survived that. Um, so, uh, Monokuma brings in his, uh, his ambulance of Monokuma's who, uh, then put him in the, the ambulance and take him somewhere. We don't know where, um, with everyone shocked, uh, they all go back to, uh, their quote unquote daily life again.
2: Yeah, that's uh, basically the end of the case too. Uh, is injured, but you know. Uh he's not he's not dead. Yeah. And then uh, another another uh island basically
0: opens up. Mm-hmm. Um this one has uh multiple places on it uh that are actually relevant. Uh there's a hospital. There is a uh a music venue, uh known as the what is it called? <laughs> the uh Titty Typhoon. Titty Typhoon, yeah. Yeah, kind of reminds Definitely. me of that place from uh, Dust Till Dawn. From Dust Till Dawn, the, t- uh, yeah. the t- Titty Twister, I think, is what it's
2: called. Yeah, I think something like that.
0: Yeah, um, as well as a, a motel is there. Um, this this island looks kind of desolate, almost. It's like a slum. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
0: there's also a place called Electric Avenue, uh, <laughs> which is kind of like this um, back alleyway where there's a bunch of like what used to be electronic stores. Uh, and we find a few things that are there, um, while exploring. Uh, the one of them being, there's a laptop there that has a file on it detailing numerous things that have happened, uh, during the part where we can't remember. Um, I, we'll get to it in our email section but i also kind of did like jamie did and when it started messing up and there was certain letters that were capital and certain letters that weren't i started trying to piece that together and i said this is fucking gibberish so <laughs> it, did, it didn't really work out that way um god um after that uh, we run into uh fukiko because he's in the hospital Um, and, uh, Mikan decides to take care of him to kind of nurse his wounds. Uh, and he's kind of broken a little bit. Um, he's not his asshole way anymore, but he just, he just didn't want to talk to anybody because he's kind of lost hope. Um, and they also said that he has lost the vision in one of his eyes, the one that got slashed, so. Yeah, now he has a uh, cool claw patch. Yeah, he's got a dragon on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So he eventually gets out of the hospital, and it only takes like a day. Um, and he shows back up on the first island with uh, everybody during uh, breakfast and decides that he wants to apologize uh, because um, a traditional dancer girl is really pissed off because uh, the photographer girl was one of her friends. In fact, she was the person who was helping her get dressed in the morning, showing her how to tie her, uh, kimono sash. Um, and she doesn't want to forgive him. And so not
2: only that, he wanted to uh, make her look like the killer, right? Yeah. There's a lot. There's some bad blood there.
0: Oh yeah. So, uh, in, in a way to show him apologizing, he then slashes his own stomach in front of everybody. um, but he doesn't die again. The uh, the traditional... Was it the
2: show of atonement? When you have dishonored yourself? Like a Harakiri, I believe it's called?
0: I thought it was a Sepku? Uh... I think I think Sepku... What's Harakiri then? Well, go ahead. No, maybe the same thing. I don't know. Um, But yeah, uh... So they rush him back to the hospital. Um... But there's something else that happens. Uh, one of the things we forgot to mention was that Nagito was let loose and, uh, he, he's running around, um, back kind of like, well, I wouldn't say back to normal. He's still a fucking weirdo. Yeah. His normal. Yeah. His normal. Um, but we wake up one day and go to breakfast and people are acting fucking weird. Um,
2: no, well actually be... b- before before this happens, um, we find out that uh Akane Wait no no, is this before or after? Where Akane goes to fight Manakuma? Is that does that happen after this?
1: <sighs> I think it's during when a is singing, I think.
0: Yeah. Does that happen okay, okay, go ahead, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So um yeah. he slashes himself, uh Fukiko does, and then everybody she wants to hold a concert. And During the concert, we don't know where Kani is. Kana is actually challenging Monokuma to a fight, um, and um, she can't beat him. Says that Yeah, Buki, we'll one sweet song before we head over to the fight, though. Yeah. Did, did you listen to the entire thing, Matt?
1: Yep, every single second of it.
0: Did you get a trophy? Yep.
1: No, no trophy.
0: <laughs> for no trophy, just...
2: Just pure joy of listening to someone scream at the top of their lungs for like four minutes.
0: Yeah, in Jefferys, yeah. well, no less.
1: I didn't think it would last that long. So I'm listening. I'm like, this is odd, because some of it, like some of it, sounded like actual music, and some of it just sounded like sound effects added into it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I was waiting for something to happen.
2: <laughs>
1: and it, it, it 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 went on for so long that I'm like, well, I, I don't is this a joke now? Like, I don't really even know what's happening. And I thought maybe it was going to be endless, but then it started, you know, it changed a little bit. So I'm like, all right, it, it does seem like a thing, not just like a loop that's going to go on until I cancel it. Yeah. So then I was just, all right, I want to see what happens.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Nothing happens at the end of that, but congratulations. You're one of the few people that were able to sit through that entire song. Oh, it was, it, it was rough, man. It's rough. It was lovely.
0: But, um, so we hear that, um, they're at the beach, Akane and Monokuma are at the beach and they are having a duel fighting. Uh, when we get there, she is, um, getting beaten, um, by Monokuma. She says she can't hit him or she can hit him, but it does no damage to him. Not even uh, a scratch. Yeah. Not even mm-hmm. a scratch. And so Monokuma is like, you know, that the violence against the headmaster is forbidden. So it's punishment time he pulls out a bazooka which looks like a bazooka they say it's a bazooka. It looks like, like a
2: mega, it looks like a Mega Man cannon arm. Yeah,
0: it looks like a Mega Buster. Yeah. Um and as he's getting ready to fire it, Nekumaru jumps in the way of it and gets shot himself saving Akane. And he uh we I thought he was going to die here. Um mm-hmm. he is laying over Almost dead, um, and uh, Monokuma. Everybody's pissed off, and Monokuma's like, "All right, I can't break my own rule. I can't kill somebody." So that
2: didn't that didn't break the rule because yeah. Nekomaru didn't break the rule. I kind of did, so he gets
0: that ambulance again, and then just brings him out somewhere. Yep, take him somewhere. We don't know where. Um, uh, but that after all that, that's when the next day, everybody's acting weird. Um, Ibuki is acting like she believes every single thing somebody tells her.
1: Yeah, super gullible.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Akane is constantly crying. She uh, and she's scared, so she she's acting like a coward. And then Nagito is making up these wildest claims. Uh, as if he's lying about everything he's saying. Now, before I go any further, mm-hmm. I want to mention this. Nagito says multiple things that have to do with the mystery of this island, including one that says that he believes that Bakia is actually still alive and he's actually the person over all this. Okay. Why do I get the feeling he's telling the truth? Oh, is that your theory? That's part well, of my well, theory. Okay. Part of my theory is that some of the stuff that he said wasn't actually a lie, and it was actually the truth. Or maybe he's been lying to us this entire time, and he actually had a truth disease. Interesting. Rather than a lie disease. Once again, it could be a red herring. I don't know. Okay. But I started listening to that stuff, and I was like, "What if this is fucking true?"
1: You know it might what I mean? simple, huh?
0: Yeah. So I don't know. Um, but Monokuma shows up and says that these people have been affected with the despair disease, which it has different types of symptoms and affects everybody differently. Um, and we check everybody. The the three people are running a fever, so we decide we need to take them to the hospital so Mikan can uh, tend to them um luckily lucky we found that hospital just in time i know um issue there is that there's some people who are really concerned that this is contagious and we don't want to get infected so we're going to have to split up because the
1: disease is also
0: the motive now right, right? Mm-hmm.
1: So the assumption is if everybody gets infected, clearly somebody's going to die and it's going to be really hard to figure out because everybody's going to be whacked out of their gourd.
0: Yeah. So um, we decided to split up into two groups. Uh, the first one being the hospital group, which is everybody who's affected by the disease, uh, which is Ibuki, uh, Akane, and Nagito, along with uh, Mikan so she can tend to them. And then... Uh, us, Hajime, and, uh, Fukihiko decide to stay at the hospital. Uh, while the other team is basically, uh, Gundam, uh, traditional dancer girl. What is her name? Who? It starts with H. Hiyoko. Hiyoko. Um, God, who else? Sonia. Sonia and, uh, mechanic Kazuichi and, um, gamer girl. Mm-hmm. Uh they're all staying at the motel. Uh they want to stay on the island because well, they don't want to be too far away from us just in case something happens. Um so um the mechanic Kazuichi decides he can probably create something that we can talk with. Um so he creates a kind of like a um I guess like a, guess,
2: like like f- a video figure video conference. Yeah, it's like FaceTime almost.
0: Yeah, basically. Um, where there's a monitor that we can see whatever camera is pointing at them, and then we have a camera on us, and they can see us through the camera as well. Um, there's a, But because the equipment was so old uh, that he found it at Electric Avenue on the island, um, it only has a short range. So uh, he set it up in the music venue, which is directly beside the hospital, because it won't reach the motel. Uh, and they have uh, decided that um, thirty minutes after the um, the morning announcement and thirty minutes after the uh, night announcement, we are to make contact with each other to make sure everything's okay. Um, one of the issues is that um, we can't sleep in the hospital unless we are a patient or if we are somebody or somebody who is you know tending to somebody. So, um, Hajime and Fukiko have to go back. Fukihiko. That's not right. Fuyuhiko. Fuyuhiko. I think I'm getting my people mixed up. Um, Yakuza have to go back to our cottages to sleep because it's forbidden to sleep there.
1: This goes on for a couple of days, basically, right?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. About three days almost. Um,
1: long trips back to, back to the first island.
0: Yeah. So um, we uh, do this for a few days, um, checking in. Um, the issue here is that Nagito seems like his condition is worsening. Uh, he, go, he falls in and out of consciousness. Um, doesn't look like he's getting any better. In fact, he's pretty much on the verge of death. Um, one thing in particular that I need to mention is that in those two days uh we fall asleep at the um at the um the conference uh, not the conference the uh, it's like the um the on call
1: th- room yeah the mm-hmm. on
0: call room we fall asleep there when we wake up um we have we've been woken up twice by mekon uh laying on top of us um and she's asleep and she's basically like, it's almost like she's choking us because she's heavy on us. Uh, and she also does it at his beach, at his cottage, because the door has been broken. Um, or the lock's been broken, so anybody can come in. Um, and that's that, that plays into uh, the next clash trial. So on the third day, um, Hajime wakes up early before the announcement he decides to go on to the uh um the hospital. Uh when he gets there um he uh sees uh Mikan there um Well actually
2: on, on that day Mikan actually comes to the cottage to wake Hajime up to tell him that Nagito is feeling better now. Right, yeah, that's it. So, you know, yeah, to to make make him go to the hospital to go uh go see Nagito. Yeah. So they go together to the hospital.
0: Yeah um and um, she's overly tired so he says just go get go to the uh, on call room and relax there get some sleep um and I'll uh, I'll uh, contact everybody once the morning announcement comes on uh when he goes back to the lobby he notices that the uh monitor is flashing which means that somebody is trying to call and when he clicks on it um he sees Um, the stage of the, uh, the music venue, it's, uh, being lit by what looks like a candlelight. Um, and there is a person with a burlap sack over their head as they're walking up to a, um, step ladder and they reach up and get ready to put a noose around their neck at that point, the lights go out and he can't hear or see anything. So he realizes, oh shit, something bad's going down. So he rushes all the way to the music venue. When he gets there, he opens the door and somebody is hanging there, dead, with a burlap sack over their head. He freaks the fuck out and decides he needs to go find somebody else. So he runs to the motel, uh, runs into Gundam, and um, is trying to convince him to come to the uh, music venue. Gundam refuses, but luckily Gamer Girl's there. She says she'll go with him. Um, so as we're on our way back to the music venue, we run into uh, Yakuza Guy and uh, Nurse Mikan. Uh, and we go together to the music venue this time around. They say they can't find Buki. Uh, yeah, they're, they're looking for a Buki. Um, this time around, uh, when we try to open the doors to the music venue, they're locked, but they don't seem to be locked. It's more like it's kind of giving, but we can't open it all the way. So we have to bash it down. Uh, when we bash it down, we then discover not only one body, but two bodies. Uh, the first one being um, obviously the hanging body. We don't know who it is yet. Still, the sack is still laying over their head. But the other one being the traditional dancer girl, who is strung up on a pillar that is on stage or on the side of the stage there, uh, taped up with duct tape, and her throat has been slashed. Uh, we then lower the uh, the body. That's on the rope. Take off the sack. And sure enough, it is Ibuki. So there's two announcements for a body discovery. And so begins the investigation.
1: Two cases in a row. Two of the three people I thought were going to survive are now dead.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yep. So begins the investigation of these two murders. Oh man! <laughs> I'll help you out here. Yeah, um, please help.
1: So,
2: <laughs> so let's talk about the evidence that they begin to gather. Right, a lot of the evidence is actually already at the music venue. They examine Ibuki, um, and they notice that at the bottom of her so bottom, uh, the sole of her shoes, there is uh, some like blood stains there, like some blood drops and stuff like that that she must have stepped on. There's uh the rope that was used for hanging her that's on the on the ground now, and after they took it off. Um, they search Hioko and they find her motel room key. It's like tucked in there really tightly, um, and they find a piece of uh, like a like a thick paper scrap that's caught on the light above. And uh, they notice that the the curtain that's on the um, the music venue is not the the curtain that was originally on there, but uh, a curtain from the supermarket and they noticed that the step ladder on there uh, had a little bit of blood on the on the on the right side of it and there's a there's a there's a candle uh, that uh, Hajime saw, uh you know like a little candlelight that's no longer you know uh, lit anymore they see a broken video equipment and they noticed that the temperature was actually turned up way high like it was it was sweltering heat when, the, when they actually were able to break in yeah and because of that, he, Mikan says that it's, it's not a, she's not able to determine the time of death because uh, time of death is usually determined by the temperature of the bodies. And if it's extreme cold or extreme hot of the environment, then you can no longer use that to determine when they died. And they noticed that there was some, um, some smudge on the ground uh, and it looks like uh, it was like blood and it was, cl- uh, it was cleaned up. And when she goes uh, to the door, I mean, when Hajime goes to the door, he noticed that there is like this weird goop that's like hanging on the door, like um by uh, where they close, kind of like the edges and stuff like that, where they come together. And um, Chiaki tastes it, and she says it kind of tastes like the workshop or something like that. Yeah. Um. At this point, uh, Nagito comes in and he's like, well, well, obviously these murders have something to do with the movie that we all watched. And, um, is actually the only person that hasn't seen the movie because he decided that he didn't want to, like, kind of like how he was goaded into watching, I mean, playing the game, which later on became the motive. So he didn't want to watch the movie thinking that it might, like, manipulate him or someone else to become a murderer. So he didn't watch the movie. But now that, uh, they're talking about, like, how it's relevant to the case, he is forced to go to the movie theater and watch the movie. Now he gets a ticket stamp with the date, um, you know, so that they can use it to go watch the movie and he also notices uh go ahead matt
1: we paid like 1.5 million dollars to not watch the movie <laughs> yeah initially he's like yeah
2: whatever i'll pay you when we get out that's what he says uh you know fully fully expecting to never pay him you know uh but uh yeah it's kind of funny he gets a sticker and uh the sticker says i i can't believe i was born this stupid or something like that right yeah that's a one 1.5 million dollar sticker for you um, and then he he notices that there was a tote bag that at the movie theater that's no longer there anymore, and um, Monokuma says like, "Well, yeah, I mean, you know, the uh, there was it's a limited item, and the person who bought it got got another one for free, and they're all sold out now." So he goes to watch the movie, and the movie is weird. Uh, you remember, true?
0: Yeah, uh, the movie is basically a weird take on uh, The Wizard of Oz. Um, it's about Monokuma. Um, he uh, likes to uh, piss old people off by trying to get money from them. Uh, and then he gets uh, whisked away uh, from a tornado uh, that's created by an attack chopper. <laughs> and then he goes to this new world where he runs into a... Uh, oh, God. um runs into a cowardly lion. Uh, which he... <clears throat> god, which one was first? I can't remember. Um The
2: cowardly lion was uh, was second. Second, second. Yeah. The the first one was um the what was it? The,
0: scarecrow that didn't scarecrow have a brain. That, yeah,
2: yeah. That uh that uh the Monokuma hangs and kills, right?
0: Yeah. Uh and then the uh, cowardly lion, he uh uses pins them up next to a, on a tree using arrows and then there was the tin man who he chopped into bits. Um Is that, I mean that, that's that's a yeah, that, good that, Yeah.
2: Yeah, so they're saying that like yeah, Hioko was killed like the cowardly lion by duct taping her to the to the tower, uh well kinda like the pillar, and um Ibuki was uh, was hung. So they're saying like the first two kills coincide with uh, the how the, the two killings were done and they say that's an imitation kill. Yeah. Uh, at this point, like they say, like okay, let's use the motel key to see, uh, you know, Hioko's room, see if there's any kind of evidence. So they go there, and then Sonia is there, already looking for stuff. And Sonia tells tells her that, well, I I told, uh, I I noticed Hioko was having trouble putting her uh, dress back on, so you know, suggested that maybe she uses the the full length mirror in the uh in the music venue storage room, yeah. in order to kind of you know get, get a better look at what she's doing, so that she could do it herself. And Sonia kind of feels guilty that maybe like, maybe it's because like she gave her the idea that she was at the scene of the crime when this happened, so she's kind of feeling bad. But at this point, um, we have basically all the information we need for the trial, and the trials begin.
0: Yeah. So um, the first order of business is figuring out who died first basically. Because it seems like, based on what we saw in the video, is that uh, the person was hung, Ibuki was hung, uh, and then, obviously, it had to have been Hyoko, because when, when we went over there, we didn't see her body, we just saw the hung body. Right. So, obviously, she had to have died secondly, right? But that doesn't really make much sense because if that's the case, how could they have done that in 10 minutes?
2: Because yeah, Hajime – the, the, from the first time he went there, Hajime only left the place for about 10 minutes. So the idea that she killed her, or she like duct taped her all around this pillar and then like stabbed her and killed her like in, within 10 minutes seems a little, little quick, especially if they're trying to get away in time.
0: Yeah. So um, – and we think that obviously he's he, – we also think that – well, but, but then we're thinking that it's an imitation of the movie that we watched. But if that's the case, they got the order wrong or maybe they got the order wrong on purpose to throw us off. Or more more so that um, – he
2: she, she tried to make it into an imitation murder to give the impression – that they were killed in the order of Ibuki to Hiyoko. when in truth Hioko was actually the one killed first. And they say like, well, if Hioko was killed first, then how come Hajime didn't notice uh, the body when uh, she she, once, uh, she you know he was at the the mini the first time? And they say that like, well, it's it's possible that um, the body was already there; it was just hidden, and uh, Hajime wasn't able to see it. And they they say they look at the scrap of uh, paper and they say. Well, instead of, uh, you know, if she was actually tied, uh, tied up there and then another roll of like a wallpaper was covered alongside to make like a bigger pillar alongside where she was hidden, then that would have actually hidden her uh, body completely. And since Hajime didn't get a really close look, um, that he could have easily missed that. So within that 10 minutes, it would have been much easier and simpler for someone to come, come in, rip off the wallpaper and just hide it in the back room again. So that would be a simple thing to do in 10 minutes, but in trying to do that quickly, they actually ripped off a piece of that wallpaper and ended up leaving it on top uh, by the lights, which ended up being a, a piece of evidence. Uh,
0: the other thing we have to establish is, is that if the door was locked um, and this all happened, the killer had to have still been in the room whenever we got there. Um, but kind of an out, uh the – there was a drumstick that was broken that, uh, was laying down, which we thought we broke whenever we broke open the door kind of an out it was actually the glue that held the door there, which easily could have been applied to somebody who was standing on the outside of the building. Um, but the bigger question is, is that why in the world did, um, Hyoko actually go to the music venue? Because everybody has already established she was absolutely terrified of this disease. She kind of just quarantined herself in her room and wasn't going to come out for anything. Well, maybe she was abducted. Well, she couldn't have been abducted because she had her key on her. It was locked. So obviously she left of her own volition. So why did she go? Well, Sonya then remembers, well, I told her that there was a full length mirror that she could use to try and learn how to tie her kimono because she was having trouble tying her kimono she didn't want to come out of her room because she was kind of embarrassed because she couldn't get it on completely so she decided to get up earlier that day and put it on before everybody woke up problem was somebody was there waiting on her um. No.
2: Um. Well, it's kind of implied, but they weren't. They weren't waiting on her. Uh, yeah. They believed that maybe she was already getting ready to kill Ibuki at the time, and she kind of
0: walked in like wrong place, wrong time kind of business. Oh yeah. I mean, but I, I meant that in a form of speech. Somebody was already there, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um. So we established that Hyoko was killed first. So obviously something had to have happened. How, how do we know that um, Ibuki wasn't the killer and then she hung herself because she felt bad because of it? Um, That's when uh, the fucking Nagito comes in uh, and being the weirdo he is. And he kept talking about the rope and how the rope looked weird. Mm-hmm. Um, the rope was actually frayed in the middle part. And he says that shouldn't be the case since this rope's brand new and it should only really be frayed on where it was used and if it was used that it should be frayed on the ends where it was hung and then the body hung from but this is frayed in the middle making it look like somebody was strangled with it forcefully um, and then it was made to look like a hanging so obviously she didn't kill herself somebody strangled her to death
2: Right. But the thing is, the reason why we, from the very onset, we believe that um, she was hung is because Mikan uh, looked over the body. She's the ultimate nurse. So we kind of count on her to give her expert opinion on, you know, like how people died, like what might have happened and uh, various other like technical knowledge. And she, she said after looking at the rope and looking at the wound on Ibuki's neck that she was clearly hung. Yeah. You know, and uh, Nagito says like, well, if that's the case, then this rope seems weird. So it comes down to that if the evidence points to the fact that Mikan lied or maybe she was mistaken, you know. And Nagito's like, well, she wouldn't mistake uh, something simple as that. She's the ultimate nurse. She has all this like extensive knowledge. You know, she might be clumsy, you know, but like she knows her stuff. Like, you know, she's an ultimate for sure. So you know, she makes the case that like, you know, I'm I'm kind of clumsy. I make mistakes and stuff like that. But we look at the information and we keep going back to the idea that. Why? Like the the killer took so much effort and time in order to make it seem like the killings were done in certain way, in a, in a different order at certain times, and it turned out that the only two people that actually have the alibis for when the killing um, supposedly took place uh, that they were uh, they were thinking of originally was uh, Hajime and Mikan because they were together at the time yeah. when this murder was supposed to happen, and they say like, well that's the only reason because no one else really has an alibi for that particular time period. So it seemed like it was designed specifically for that reason. And also, if you remember that the temperature was turned up so that the, the the time of death could not be determined by, uh, you know, observing the bodies in particular, that's not knowledge that everyone has. That's something very technical. That's something that uh, someone that must be uh, really, you know, in the know about the person's physiology. Yeah. Yeah. Would have the so, idea
1: for why the temperature would even need to be raised? Because if she said that these bodies were six hours old, twelve, you know, one hour old, would anybody have questioned her?
2: Uh, it just comes down to it might have been in the Monokuma files, you know, because it it does give you some information. She was tampering uh, when, with
0: evidence to make sure Monokuma couldn't do it.
2: Yeah, and also mm-hmm. it could, you know, it, the the files kind of serves as kind of like a rudimentary autopsy. So it could have told them. And also, she doesn't know that no one else has this information, right? That's kind of a gamble she did. So to be on the safe side, they're saying, like, all this information points to Mikan being the person who did this. But, you know, she says that, like, well, that's 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 not possible. You know, like, I never had the time to do it. And, you know, the important thing is that uh, he saw the footage, uh, the time of the murder must be correct, you know, around the time of the Manokuna announcement in the morning, because he saw the footage of Ibuki walking up to the step ladder in the music venue, and right before she's about to hung, hang herself, and then you know that's when the the footage cut off. So if that footage was live, and it can only be live because that uh, video device doesn't uh, support recording and replaying. So if that was live, then Ibuki would have killed herself around the time, so it clearly couldn't have been her is what she says.
0: But there's an issue. Uh, there's something up with that video that we saw. Um, the stepladder itself. We distinctly remember seeing that there was blood on the stepladder in the music venue, but when we saw it in the video, there was no blood on it. Making me think, there's two stepladders. Where the hell could the other one be? Well, what place kind of looks like the uh, the music venue? And this is where I kind of break off a little bit, kind of like Matt. Okay. Because we never went to the office in the hospital, except for that one time at the very end of the investigation. And I was like, yeah, sure, it's in the back of my mind. I was like, really? We didn't even go there, and you guys are using that as a pivotal part of this case? We just said that you went there at the end of the evidence selection. Yeah, but, I mean, it wasn't like a place that we went to during discovery and stuff. You know what I mean?
2: uh you could have you could have gone there during your hospital that you just didn't explore i guess um but I mean I mean it's not like they're bringing a place somewhere that uh that you've never been to. They also make it a point to like show like how uh you you couldn't see anything when the Chiaki plays that prank on you kind of thing yeah um so I get what you mean they didn't they didn't put it in like forward and center or anything like that but yeah.
0: uh it's there, so we think well it could be the office the conference room in the um and the hospital itself makes sense because it doesn't take any range to broadcast from there. Um, the flooring looks the same. The only thing they'd really have to change is the curtains, which we know the curtain was changed in the music venue because it doesn't fit. So um, we piece it all together. It also makes sense because why do they use a candle whenever they've got a full lighting that in the um in the music venue, they could have mm-hmm. used all of that, but they didn 't it 's because they weren 't in the music venue, so they had yeah. to use the candle
2: so if they wanted to mimic what looked like the music venue without uh, like installing like new lights and stuff like that into the conference room was to make a light source specifically for that reason, yeah so you know they they planted the candle and everything in the music venue as well, but that 's probably just a prop, and it was most likely never used yeah. in that particular sh- scenario. So, but at the same time, like, well, Micon says like, well, you know, I'm not the only person that could have done that. You don't know who who was on that footage, you know, because they were wearing the hemp, hemp uh was it the uh, bag over their heads. So, like she starts listing off things like, well, how do you know how do you know that it was me? It wasn't some other girl. It wasn't like Sonia or something like that during that time. Uh because apparently this this must have taken place before um uh if, there's, if they're truly saying that this was broadcasted, then the killing must have been done at another time, right? right. So, so someone else could have killed them. Someone else could have sneaked into the conference room when they weren't looking and then done the footage. And she starts listing things off. And then you notice that she listed off a lot of things that are specific, especially one thing where she mentions, in that camera angle, could you know that it was me? But Hajime actually never mentioned the particular camera angle, uh, you know, because it was sideways, and obviously it's harder to tell someone's, you know, uh, someone's weight and stuff like that sideways, especially wearing, wearing a, like, a hospital gown and stuff like that. So those angles and stuff like that were chosen specifically to hide, you know, who she is, or it, so that it could be anyone else. So she mentions that, and she kind of outsid herself yeah. by being too specific, because, you know, she was lying about everything, and then the lies kind of added up, and then eventually she actually slipped up and gave up too much information that she wasn't supposed to know.
0: Yeah, that one right there I had to use a fact on. Yeah, he didn't know the the camera angle thing. Well, the the thing was was that you had to scan mm, yeah, yeah. something and make it and make it a truth bullet, and then shoot it at another part of that. That always gets me. Even in the first game, I was just like, God, I, like because <laughs> you, you forget you can even do it.
2: They don't use it too often, but when they do. They make it, they pretty much make it emphatic because Chiaki says, listen carefully, (laughs) right before she says the words you're supposed to scan. But I get it. It doesn't come up enough, and then it does get confusing. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: I think that I have one more problem with that, which is I think that the, the part that you pull in to use as a truth bullet comes after the part that you have to shoot. Yeah, yeah, it does, specifically. Which means you have to go through and fail it.
2: Well, you're not failing at all. Like you're just going through one thing, and then Hajime actually says something after. It's kind of like an Ace Attorney thing where you go through the whole line of questioning, and then you kind of think about it, and then you go through it from the beginning again. So you're not failing; you're just going through it once.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, you don't lose health or anything. Whenever no, that happens, no, you don't lose health. You at all. just lose a little bit of time. But I mean, everything's timed. You got like seven minutes. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, that's. I mean, it, when it all boils down to it. She the the last little trick up her sleeve is like well how the hell uh, could I have another hemp bag if if the one was over her head the entire time uh, how the hell did I get another one it was a limited run and I was like well because Monokuma told me mistakenly told me mm-hmm. that we can get you get two whenever you get one so yeah
2: there's there's basically two that you can get and if you buy one you get one. So boom, there there goes our last line of uh, reasoning there, and then it's uh, revealed that Mikan is the killer.
0: Yeah. Uh for, for Hyoko and uh Ibuki. The uh the comic book session here was actually really easy because you didn't have to worry about how we, we never really got into the specifics of when the people actually died or how mm-hmm. they died. We never solved any of that. We just we just kind of well, we solved it's, it's... how she faked it.
2: It's not well the thing about uh like when Hioko and uh, Ibuki were killed is not particularly important in the case because uh, when finding out the the culprit all you had to do was solve their deception for when they wanted to have seemed like it happened right so it's it's, it's most likely that Hiyoko and Ibuki were killed the night before you know, during when no one was around because she was the only one around the hospital so she could have, you know, pulled Ibuki back and when Hyoko came along and uh, kind of noticed that she was basically readying Ibuki to be, you know, either killed or whatever in the act um, she was kind of killed, so it was not a pre uh, uh, was it, premeditated kill for Hyoko, she just wanted to kill Ibuki from the from the onset Right. so there isn't too much to solve on the comic panels because you know the timing of it
1: yeah so. I guess I might have missed one other thing then did did Mikan essentially follow Hajime over to the music venue after she got done staging
2: No 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 what happened is that um oh what do you mean after staging um no she was she came out of the hospital that's where Fuyuhiko uh met up with uh, Mikan at the hospital as Wait, she was so we- Go ahead. when did she
1: pull down the the part the the wallpaper that was around Hyoko
2: that's right after right after was it hajime left
0: yeah so what yeah. happened was is like after she staged the hanging she knew that hajime was gonna run there so she kind of followed behind him
1: right yeah that's what i meant by, yeah. by, by
0: oh yeah my so
1: yeah. mistake. trailed after him and then had to so basically she she followed him although not closely yeah when he left she went in lit down then went back to the hospital to meet up with Puertoco and yeah. then with him went to meet everybody
0: yeah so the the big reveal here she she just like everybody else they all fucking go nuts um
2: well Peko was faking going nuts for, well, yeah. for the purpose of uh you know the Stephen people
0: yeah she goes nuts because she um says that she remembers everything or not everything but she remembers parts of the memories that have been taken from us and the reason why she has this is because she is also suffering from the um despair disease something that we didn't realize but when we flash back to when she was sleeping on top of us we noticed that she was actually really hot. Now it all kind of makes sense. Um, and she uh, remembers... I, I guess that the symptoms for her is she's able to remember what happens. What happened. Um, and it fills her with the ultimate despair. Um, I think on top of that, she also was bullied... And that made her go a little nuts too. That's just me thinking that. Um, uh, not necessarily.
2: What happened is that what she says is that uh, what a person's memory ultimately becomes a person's identity and personality, right? Yeah. Like what 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 uh, events and things like that uh, you go through life bec- end up shaping the kind of person that you are. So when she regained her memories or a lot of her memories, then she became the person that she was before. They were taken away. Right. So that's why during the case, uh, when things were starting to fall apart, she started acting very weird, like uh, like a completely different person. Mikan herself is usually very shy, you know, and you know not able to speak very well to other people. But she started being like very calm and like demanding things and becoming very angry at people. Yeah. So she was like a completely different person, and then she says that she's doing all of this as a as a tribute to her beloved. But she doesn't actually say who that beloved is. She says she's doing everything out of love. It's like a reciprocation for the love that she's received where she was accepted as who she is. And uh, she doesn't actually say it. And then after she remembers all this stuff, she says that she remembers more details about the memories that they were taken away. And also that she knows who the traitor is.
0: Yeah. But she won't tell us who it is. Um, but she does say that um she remembers that there was a... um. The the organization that staged all of this, including ending the world, supposedly.
2: Yeah, they call that the World
0: Ender, right? Yeah, but it's also known as the Future Corporation, Future Foundation, Future Foundation.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, in which we remember, hey, there was a um, that the big metallic futuristic door that's on those ancient ruins, uh, has the Japanese word future, yeah, on it. So, um, they're trying to basically bring this new world order, take over the world by first destroying it, and then and uh recruiting. one of the members are apparently among them according yeah. to Nukan. according to the the trader and monomi are actually working for this this group, mm mm-hmm. and then we say, "Well, obviously Monokuma is working for him too, and Monokuma's like, like, mm, probably not. I'm just my own person." Um, so, um, after all those details, Monokuma decides to quote unquote, send her to her beloved. Uh, because she has, she did mention that while she didn't say who her beloved was, she basically alludes to that that person's dead or those people are dead. She misses multiple people. Right. Um, so she accepts her fate, which I don't even know what the fuck this fate is. Because. It looked
1: like
2: uh, she just he just like put her on the rocket and sent her into space.
0: Is what it looked like to me. Yeah, I mean it's weird because he he runs and pumps this fist full of syringe juice, and then it shoots off into space.
2: Yes, that's
0: exactly what happened.
2: Okay, that's fucking weird. Yeah, we said all the executions are weird. Remember, the last last guy, you know, uh, was, what was it, uh, Tempura Fried? <laughs> Pekka was killed by a bunch of samurai robots in the shape of bears. Yeah. So, yes, these these are weird.
0: Uh, but leaves is one last parting gift after the class trial. He tells us that uh, we need to go to the uh, Central Island. Oh, no, we need to go to the beach um, because uh, it has to do with uh, our friend uh, Nekumaru. Um, and everybody just immediately rushes away, trying to go, to go wish him back. And, um, Monica was like, I wish they'd stayed and let me finish what I was saying, but they'll find out anyway. When we make it to the beach, uh, we encounter, we try to find him. We can't find him for a long time. We finally run into him. And, uh, when we see him, everybody starts to freak out. Kinda find out, um, nikomaru is now in a robotic body. He's still him, as far as I can tell. Right. But he is now a robot.
2: Yeah. When we say robot, we don't mean like he's an android that looks like a person. No, he's, he's he is like shiny. He's chrome. He's, he's he, he, looks like yeah, he looks like a He looks Colossus. He basically Colossus. looks Colossus.
0: Yeah. He's Colossus um, from X Men. Yeah, that's what he looks like, but he still
2: sounds like uh, Nekomaru. It yeah. seems like him, so that's where we leave off with of this chapter. So we don't know whether this thing is Nekomaru or not, or um, you know, it's like a trick by Monokuma. It kind of seems like a little foreboding, right? Yeah. as to you know, talking about our old friend and stuff like that. So we don't know how things are gonna go, but that's where the
0: chapter ends. So uh, at this point, uh, why don't we uh, why don't we get the get the emails done? Okay, um, the first email. That I'm going to read off actually doesn't have to do with this. It has to do with our previous game. Sure. Uh, it comes from, uh, Mookie. Uh, and it's, uh, my Mass Effect 1 experience. He wants to talk about Mass Effect 1 for a little while. So, Perfect. I'll read this out. It says, uh, Mookie here, and I just wanted to share my experience with the first Mass Effect. I have, uh, played the trilogy to, but to make things as simple as short as possible, I think I should just talk about the first one. Uh, one of the earliest games I played after buying an Xbox 360 back in 2008, but it's the second Western RPG I played right after Fallout 3, Game of the Year edition. I bought it very cheap and used, uh, uh, and used because I wasn't sure of what I was getting into. I know I got to know uh, BioWare from the first Baldur's Gate game on PC, but I never got into it since I had limited game time to play it uh, because it wasn't mine. However, after I got so damn bored with JRPGs and discovered Western RPGs uh, to be a lot more of my taste, I started with Fallout 3, I went like, FRP JRPGs, I'm turning it myself into Westerns. <laughs> uh, I want to share something about my quest for uh, liking Western RPGs. Mass Effect was awesome to me, but I agree with Drew because I also prefer Dragon Age lore, especially the first one, because being a Grey Warden is actually pretty badass. This is true. Although I strongly disagree uh, with early endings of Mass Effect 3 because being invested so much game time uh, with the trilogies, I was expecting a detailed ending. I mean, it was too hard for me not to react knowing that they only changed color palettes on certain sections of the ending and did not explain enough of their endings uh, disappointed me on a high level. It felt rushed or devs got so lazy to the point that it started to look obvious at the end of the game. After the updated endings, they didn't change anything, so it's best that John should double-check th- that fact, but explain more on what the effects of each choices you make at the end. It was beautiful, personally, because to make an example, spoiler alert, if one of your choices was uh, to somewhat make all synthetics more organic... um. The effect was Edie started to cry for the first time uh, and got emotional because of the death of Shepherd, And the uh, Reapers coexists with the rest of the race uh, and started rebuilding things and finally made peace to everyone. I mean, stuff like that. I need to see more effects at the end like what Bioware usually do on other games. I mean, everything felt like a Bioware game until the end. It felt rushed, so I appreciate uh, they corrected themselves. The journey was great, and at least they should just all go the way. Casey Hudson himself said that it's best to be a controversial game so that it can be remembered, and I was like, wow, that's a dick statement, because a game is already memorable, uh, but they don't have to make it controversial. Anyway, congrats on ending the trilogy and the Mass Effect series is still a great game, but still Dragon Age Origins is king in story, and I hope that they can make another series and bring back the Grey Warden protagonist because being an Inquisitor wasn't fun. Wasn't as fun, excuse me. Uh, back to Mass Effect 1 then. I remember the first time I sent, uh, my message via comms at the USS Normandy. I was pumped. That time I realized that this game was going to be epic. I know that there's some issues driving the Mako, and the battle system can be very weird. I guess they haven't mastered that from the first game, but it didn't stop me from finishing it. I chose a default look of Male Shepard and a full-on Paragon, and chose Ashley over Caden. Uh, my favorite crew in the ba- uh, battle was Tali and Ashley, because I romanced her, even though she's a bit of a racist. <laughs> Uh, Also played the DLC mission, uh, taking on a rare race called uh, the Batarians, and I guess it was a cool short mission. Uh, Thank you very much, Mookie, for that email. Uh, We plan on doing Mass Effect 2 and 3 next year, so get excited for that one. Uh, On to our uh, Danganronpa email. Uh, This one comes from Jamie. It's, this is regarding chapter two, and then she has a special thing for chapter three, which we will play. She sent a voicemail as well, so this is for chapter two. It says, uh, "Hi guys, I just wanted to answer Jay's questions as well. So here are my answers. I think my favorite character is Nekomaru because he's such a teddy bear. I don't think he's going to make it to the end though. He's too nice." Uh I think when the countdown is over they will get their memories back and all will be answered but I don't know what will be answered. I think that Mikon Hioko and Fukihiko will survive at, to the end. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. although there is a good chance that Hioko will kill Fukihiko. Let's wait and see. Sorry about being confusing last week. I thought I was being clever and instead I was obscure. I just thought it was very interesting that the island was called Jabberwock Island. The Jabberwocky is a beast described in a nonsense poem from Through the Looking Glass, uh, which is the sequel to Alice in Wonderland. I don't know if if the link is intentional or not, but it seemed relevant, especially since there is a rabbit this time around. Also in Through the Looking Glass, Alice literally goes through a mirror to a wonderland that is almost identical, though slightly different than the original. Kind of like how Rampa 2 is almost exactly the same as the first one, but with slight differences. The Jabberwocky itself is a monstrous beast, much like the ones that are guarding the islands. Anyways, I thought there was a connection, but Google doesn't seem to agree with me, as Miss Sonya might awkwardly say, my bad. Okay, chapter 2. I think this chapter uh, was a little too easy. The clues were easy to follow, and even the trial was pretty simple. While I died multiple times during the first trial, possibly because I was learning the game, I didn't die at all during this one. Not even close. I was able to follow the series uh, of events much much more easily. Uh, before the trial started, I knew that Fukihiko was the most likely the killer, which means that it wasn't him. That it wasn't him, and Hioko was also going to be high on the list, so it couldn't be her either. I thought Peko seemed suspicious because she was dripping wet, and I went for a swim. Seemed like it was a weak alibi, since she knew they were going to the beach later anyways. The only thing that didn't make sense was. Why she would do it, which brings me to the only part that was a surprise and a pleasant one at that. The relationship between Peko and Fukihiko. Um, this, uh, girl loads a little tragic romance. Uh, it really, it's the really interesting thing about this chapter is the fact that there are other characters that died during the school years that we don't remember. I don't think that happened in the first one. I thought they all had great friendships and all the drama happened during the game. Also, I don't understand why, but one of those girls of one of those one of those photos of girl E when she was hit with a baseball bat was very realistic too, which I feel like there's a reason behind but I don't know yet. Uh, I don't have a theory on what has happened in the grand scheme of things. I only I don't know if there is enough information to go off yet. Um which annoys me to no ends, uh, since I love figuring out a good mystery. I'm going to be really angry if it's a nonsense ending. Part of me wants to believe that this is happening at the exact same time as the first one, but Bakia contradicts that theory unless he was some kind of machine as well, or the one in the first one was a copy of the real Bakia. I don't know.
1: I uh, a good theory now.
0: You have <laughs> a good. You have a good theory.
1: Yeah, after we finish this, if we, okay. if we want to talk about what's
0: going on, okay, of course, of course. Uh, I don't know, but I have a feeling that it has to do with him. He's the key, but maybe I'm completely wrong. I'm excited to find out. Of note, I think I remember that in the first Danganronpa, uh, Sakia was killed by stabbing or slashing, and the next murder was a uh, chi chihirio. Chih- God, which was blunt force trauma to the head. Uh, that's familiar. Uh, If that's the case, the next murder should be a double murder. Can't wait to see. Wow, very good. Anyways, Mm -hmm. on to Chapter 3. Stay tuned. So, thank you, Jamie, for that email. So, Matt, give me your theory.
1: So, I I, I don't know when I I decided this is what I think is happening, but it was somewhere, I think, at the beginning of Chapter 3. So, basically, if I had to sum up what I think is happening, it's... I think it's like this show that I watched last year called Wayward Pines. Okay. Have you seen that? I have
0: heard of it, but I have not seen it. Have you, Jay?
1: No, explain. So, all right. So, pretty big spoiler for the show. I I don't know if you guys want to watch it. I don't know if I should spoil it, but.
2: Uh, You gave due warning. Go ahead and tell us.
1: So, it's basically, you know, there's this mystery happening in this small town this, this cop is back to investigate his uh, his uh, his old partner. He gets to this town. You know, she's supposed to be here. All of a sudden, he, I think he finds her, and she's like living there. And there's some mystery. Like she's basically trying to say, "Don't you know? Don't show that you know me." So basically, that, that, that's how the show starts. And and the big reveal is that this is like a thousand years in the future, oh. and that this small town is a construct where the, the, the shadowy organization falls people essentially out of stasis and puts them in this town uh, essentially prior to re- repopulating the Earth. So Interesting. What I think is happening is based on, because I didn't finish the first game, but based on what, what you guys said, I think that the world ends. You know, makes sense. There's World Ender as a group. I think the world ends. I think this second game takes place way in the future. And then I think people are either, like, woken up or unfrozen, and they're either set up into a custom-built town, like in Wayward Pines, where all of the, the, the weird things... So, ever since the beginning of the game, it's been weird how things just Happen that shouldn't be able to happen, right? At least I feel like they shouldn't be able to happen. So either this town is custom built, or this island is custom built to allow these things to happen, or the people were never woken up, and the whole thing is like a simulation, and that would explain all of like the crazy, the crazy executions as well. Mm-hmm. And the one, the one thing that that sold me on one of these two approaches was when you get to island 3 there's kind of like a shanty town in the background right i think that's right. island 3 it might be 2 but i think it's 3 and when you look at that shanty town maybe this is just the art style but it looks like the more distant ones aren't finished okay. so it looks like you know it looks like you've got buildings and then behind those you've got just outlines as if they're 3d models where nothing was filled in on it mm. And so either that's, you know, to show it's just like a facade if it's a real town or it's like a 3D simulation where they, the draw distance isn't far enough. So I don't know. I, I think it's one of those two, but I think that all of this stuff like, takes place way in the future. Most of the world is devastated. And this is some sort of either repopulation experiment like in Wayward Pines or or, or something something along those lines. It's,
0: you know, now that you're mentioning that, it it would make sense because maybe Monokuma and Monami aren't working together. Maybe Monami is actually part of this new world order who destroyed the world and now they're trying to rebuild it with us. Mm-hmm. That's why she's constantly wanting everybody to get along and be happy and stuff like that because she wants us to prosper. And then Monokuma comes in and tries to fuck that up. Um but the thing
2: is, like, what does Monokuma get for fucking things up he's, he's chaos. I mean?
0: I mean maybe he's just chaos. Just
2: just because he's a dick? Because yeah. remember the the person who was controlling Monokuma in the first one was Junko. Yeah. And she had a very specific goal, right? She was broadcasting these individuals uh, who were supposed to be the hopes. Of the world, you know, it's supposed to be the new foundations that's supposed to bring back uh, order and uh, kind of like hope to the rest of the world and make them kill each other mm-hmm. in a way where it kind of drowns the rest of the world in, in despair. And that's what she wanted, you know, outside of herself wanting to drown herself in uh, despair as well. So you have to think about like, what does this Monokuma want? Is it as something as as shallow as just wanting to just create chaos for chaos sake? Or is there some other aim, some other motive just, behind it?
1: Nagito 2.0, right? Maybe he's just trying to stress everybody else out to get the the best people, the most actual hope mm-hmm. to, to repopulate. So maybe it's the exact same thing that Nagito was was mentioning in the first case. So,
2: so you think Nagito is uh, controlling Monokuma?
1: um or nigito's the traitor and they and just working on the same side as monokuma
0: okay i'll put I, uh i I, I have my theory and this is this is just me uh because i because um oh god, what, nagami is that his name our first the, the our our character uh, your ha- character ha- is hajime 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 i'm sorry god i'm getting all fucked f- f- up uh i think ha uh hajime is the the, the actual traitor He just doesn't realize it.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put Matt down as a traitor is uh, Nagito, and so that see the reason why I the reason why I uh, was it uh, it wasn't one of the uh, questions because I wanted you guys to play through these two chapters first. Um, The reason why I ask you guys and I write things down because. Anyone can make a thousand theories and then eventually be right. Yeah. And that's a really dumb way to go about things. But <laughs> if you have to commit to one idea and one concept, then you have to commit. And that's got to be the one that you're going to have to try to build your case around. Yeah. So, okay. So we're going to go with uh, Drew as a traitor is Hajime. Yeah.
0: Because, okay. I mean, what was great about the, la- the first game was that my theory of everybody is actually dead. And this is like some kind of purgatory thing. Fucking fit the bill perfectly. Right. And you know, it was like, that's how they explain everything. Well, everything, anything could be fantastical if you're dead, you know, and this is some kind of like afterworld. And also when you, like, I, I had that fucking moment of like, I'm completely right. I know I'm right because when you walked into that room and it looked like it was a classroom that looked like there was a huge fight, like a massacre had happened there. I was like, this is where everybody died. This is where everybody who was in this game died, and now we're stuck in the school. This is our purgatory. I was like, this fits fucking perfectly. And then kind of found out that was wrong. and i was
2: like like i said like i didn't i didn't mean it to be like patronizing when i was uh, talking about that theory being interesting when i was listening to you i thought like well you know if you think about it in that way what the evidence is uh, the pieces of evidence that you're pointing out it could have been done that way but uh, there were a couple of things uh that were uh, contradicting it slightly here and there but a lot of the really big revelations were uh we're for it. So I, I could definitely see what you're going. And when I look at the theories that you guys have now, obviously I'm not going to tell you guys, you know, if you guys are right or wrong or anything like that, but I like where your head's at. Like you guys are not just thinking about things and just kind of pulling them out because that's something that you've seen before, but you're trying to connect the dots of like, that would explain this, you know, that would explain that, that would explain all these events that would happen at this point. So that that's, that's, that's good. Yeah. And so going back to the list, the last time I asked you guys, um, Who's going to survive till the end of the series? Uh, Drew said Akane, Chiaki, and Gundam. And Drew, congratulations. No one has died yet from yep. your
0: list. I have a so, feeling Gundam's going to bite it soon, though.
2: Okay. Uh, and Matt said Hyoko, Chiaki, and Nekomaru. I'm afraid I'm going to have to knock Hioko off this list now. And she's gone. And when I ask your favorite characters, Drew said Chiaki. And Matt said Peko. And Peko is dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, you get to pick a new favorite character.
1: Of those remaining, yes, sir. Uh... Favorite, favorite, in what way? There's a lot of different ways to define
0: favorite.
2: Oh, uh, the the character you, you you seem to like the most that you want to live till the end of the game, kind of, you know. Yeah, who like you, you want to
0: see with, live? You,
2: you sympathize with this character the most. You want to see this person live through to the end.
1: Probably Nekomaru. Nekomaru, okay.
2: Yeah. Okay, and um, the other things that I asked, uh, what would happen when the countdown ends? We haven't gotten there yet, but uh, to remind you, Drew said when the countdown ends, they will find a way to leave this uh, place. Uh, Matt said it'll be like the the final round, like uh, the rules change, it'll be like final jeopardy, and uh, things will get all chaotic. So, okay, great. So we have some new information here. And then we're gonna revisit them on the next show and see who lives and who dies.
1: Yeah. My, I haven't figured out how the countdown fits in with my overall theory of what is going on. But yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's what I'm gonna try to look for clues for, for next for next episode. Exactly.
0: That was like, that was my biggest thing about the first game was I remember distinctly as I went back and listened to it before we did this, and I remember saying everybody's dead and Jay was like, Okay, so what what do you think what is monokuma i was like i get maybe satan or something <laughs> i was like look i don't know how my theory ends but this is my theory <laughs> i was like i have no idea why monokuma is doing this stuff i was like it makes sense if he's satan he's just torturing people
2: right you know but once again you know i asked you the same question why is monokuma doing it and you gave me the same kind of answer he's just doing cousin chaos you don't have a satisfying answer for why monokuma is in this world uh, screwing I, everything up for, because i because I, I
0: have no idea who i have no idea what this person like if you remember correctly in the in the the, the previous game she, the person controlling Monokuma was working for another organization she wasn't just uh, a she wasn't just a lone person doing this stuff
2: she, well the thing she, is like she, she the organization she wasn't working for an organization she was the head of the organization of the despair of the despair group like she was she was the kind of the the mastermind behind the the whole thing you don't don't remember i mean her title was the ultimate despair
0: but at the end of the game it showed monokuma the bear itself popping up saying that there's more like something about there's more of me out there or something or i'll be back because i don't die or something like that i like it, it was it was something that alluded to there's more of me out there
2: You're talking about, like, the post-game, like, post credit stinger kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's just kind of, like, setting up for the sequel. I wouldn't read too much into it. Okay. As as far as that goes. Uh, You're just saying that there's going to be another Dunkin' Rumpa game. But that's the thing. Like, you have to be able to piece those information together. Because as we saw before in the previous game, they don't just leave things open for no reason. Like, all these things have a specific reason for existing. All these, like, fantastic, weird things that have happened... There's a reason for it, you know, there's a and the possibility is and you can all say that like, oh, this is like a very anime inspired game. So all these things that's happening now are just completely unrealistic and it's impossible. But the game does follow its own rules, like this own set of like ideas and concepts. And it plays by those rules in particular, like very, very carefully. So it's not going to just kind of say it's like Deus Ex Machina only. You know what I mean? Because the the writers don't want to do that because I think that bothers a lot of people, including myself. So, with the next two cases, we're going to obviously come a lot more closer to the truth. Uh, more people are most likely going to die. And, um, you know, when we come back, we'll be able to uh, talk in greater detail and try to see how well our theories have f- flushed out, or maybe they'll have completely fallen apart by then.
0: Yeah. So, so that's, that's going to be a lot of fun. There was one other thing. Um, Jamie also sent a voicemail talking about Chapter 3. Um, and I'm going to splice it into the show. We're not actually going to listen to it live. We've all listened to the email. Um, but um, we I can't play it and us listen to it at the same time. So uh, I'm going to splice it in
3: right here. Hi, guys. It's Jamie calling. Um, while I do love listening to Drew read out my emails, I thought that since this week I've already sent in one email, maybe I could do an audio file as well. <clears throat> so for... The the second chapter, we've got an email. For the third chapter, you've got me calling in. So uh, if you haven't read the email, go ahead and do that now because this is for after. So go ahead, go do that. Okay, you're good. Um, Yes, two bodies. (laughs) Uh, I'm really excited that I was right, that there were two bodies. It's pretty much the only thing I've been right about so far when it comes to this game. Um, I don't know if it's actually based in evidence or not, I mean, it just seems kind of coincidental that there was two murders plus then a double murder. And then in this game, there's two murders and then a double murder. They also seem to be like the mirror effect of each other because there was um, two girls. No, it was a girl and then a guy killed in the first one and then two guys. And then this one, there's a guy and a girl and then two girls. So, I don't know. I don't know if this is a pattern, or if this is just something that I'm seeing because I'm starting to get a little bit on the paranoid side and a little bit obsessed with this game. So, I was also kind of right about Nekamaro. He's my favorite, but, uh, or he was my favorite, but is he gone now? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know if he's going to make it through the entire game, but regardless, he's not my favorite character anymore. My favorite is now Fuyuhiko, so Hopefully, he doesn't die. I'd really like him to make it to the end. He's the only one of the three that I picked to make it that is still alive, so I'm gonna hold on to that. Um, Just like that, two people that I thought might make it are gone. <laughs> so, um, Makan, I, I didn't- I totally thought that she was gonna be innocent through the whole thing. I'm actually a little bit more upset that she was a murderer and had to get executed than I am even about, like, the murdered. So, like, Yoko and Ibuki, like, I really didn't care honestly, but I thought that it was Miss Sonia who was helped by Kazuchi. I really thought it was Kazuichi who did this one, but, you know, just because he's willing to do anything for Sonia. Um, I'm really disappointed that that wasn't the case, because, I don't know, I was hoping I was right this time. I'm just gonna hold on to the fact that this was a double murder, and that's the only thing I've been right on so far. <laughs> um, so I think when the countdown is down, uh, is done, we're gonna get our memories back. It seems like, kind of like what happened to Mikan about, or Makan, I don't know how you say her name, but, um, she got her memories back and all of a sudden she said, yeah, she knows who the traitor is. So, clearly it's somebody who's still alive and is in the room. So that really narrows it down. But I think in the end it's going to end up being hegemony. I I think it's going to end up being us. Um, I can't, we can't remember anything. We don't really seem to be having uh, an ultimate skill at this point, unless it's, investigating, I don't know, uh, but we don't really have anything, so maybe we don't have an ultimate skill. It even seemed like in that little bit of a flashback, somebody was saying, like, "What is he, where does he belong at this school for, like, that doesn't make any sense, so I think that maybe we're the traitor, we're just put in there, just, just because, um, I don't really have a clue other than that, what, what's going on, uh, I would say that, uh, like, there's a lot of mysterious stuff happening when it comes to, like, the mysterious ruin, and also, You know, I found uh, a laptop with information from Monomy, and it goes on about the end of the world and stuff like that, but it degrades to gibberish by the end. And so I tried to take some of those missing letters as it goes on through the the information and put it together and I thought I was being all clever, but I didn't really see any kind of a pattern. So, I mean, maybe it was just another thing to kind of distract me. yeah, that's all I've really got for now. I wonder if you guys have any, like, big, massive theories that you're willing to share at this point. So, go ahead and do that because I'm going a little bit insane playing this game <laughs> and not knowing what's going on. Um, but I really have been obsessed with it. I spent all morning playing uh, after the last murder and finishing off the whole uh, the the whole trial and everything. While, you know, Final Fantasy and Last Guardian are sitting there waiting for me. So, so I am pretty obsessed with this game. Um, anyways, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.
0: And there we go. Thank you for that. Uh, If you want to send another one, please do. Uh, I'll put it into the show itself. Um, But, yeah. Yeah, first, pretty cool. Yeah, Uh, and uh, Jamie has the same feeling as I do. I think Hajime is probably going to end up being the traitor. I could be wrong. It could be somebody. it, It could be Gamer Girl for all I know. Who knows?
2: Yeah, um, but like I, when I listen to the uh, the voice recording from uh, Jamie, it sounds like she's really excited to try to unravel this mystery. Yeah, and uh, this is quite a mystery. There's a lot, lot of things uh, still, still coming. And the next show in particular, I'm really looking forward to uh, hearing about uh, from both you guys and her as well. So yeah, just just keep it up, play along if you, if you, you know, if you've been chugging along with us. And boy, are you guys in for some kind of action? It's gonna be a lot, a lot of crazy stuff to talk about next week
0: i'm I'm excited yeah. because I feel I know we have yet to get to that moment that you say defines this game, yeah, and I want to see that uh did I talk about that in the show, or did I talk about it like outside of the show? No, no, you talked about it last week, okay, okay,
2: in the context of it it's the it's the moment that everyone that has played this game will remember, yeah, uh, with that one specific moment, and we're coming up on it. We'll be talking about it next week,
0: oh yeah, okay, good, yep, yep, I am excited. You should be. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, if you want to send us an email, it's Drew at ZTGD.com. You can uh, talk about us. Dog and Rampa, we're really deep into that. Um, You can mention other games to us, anything like that. Suggest some games to us because we're coming up on a new year. We don't particularly have a theme. You know, like uh, last year was the year of the RPG and Dragon Age and metal gear and we've done themes throughout the year uh
2: you know i'll be uh, like um if they can s- send in suggestions with games that start with the letter x mm-hmm. you know just uh just starting off with the just go by letter by letter you could do the letter x first and then you can do the letter y and then z and then you know go from the br- beginning but we should just start with the letter x first you know just in case yeah just in case just just randomly there's no no specific reason for it. just the letter x You the know, games that start with the letter x just go with that so you know what?
0: Um, keep keep uh.
1: X
2: Men games.
0: Yeah, X Men. Yeah, sure, games. sure. X Men sure, yeah, Legends. Okay. You know, that was a good one. Uh-huh, children uh-huh. of the Atom. Uh, children starts with a C. I know, but so, it's yeah. it, it's X Men Children <laughs> of the Atom. Thank you. But um, <laughs> but yeah, um, you can do that. Uh, you can also tweet to us. I am at DMO Fury, Matt is at remgs, and Jay is at Batusa J. Uh, and the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Um, but yeah, uh, that's it for us on this week. Uh, I'm like, we we haven't decided on what our next game is going to be yet. Uh, I think me and Matt are going to talk about that in the upcoming weeks. We're probably going to have to take like a week off somewhere for like New Year's and stuff like that, obviously. And in fact, I don't know how we're going to do.
2: Actually, that's a good question. Yeah, we, we still need
0: uh two more shows. We need two more shows, and I can uh, I can do next week, but the week after maybe. Oh
2: uh, man, that's uh I don't want to keep people hanging on the finale. This that's is gonna true. Be the last case and the ending. Uh, maybe we can record like early in the week.
0: Maybe, yeah. I mean, that's uh that's the thing is like my my issue is it's not when I can record, it's when I can fucking play the game, because that's true. I've got multiple things going on, you know, Christmas stuff. But we'll we'll play it by ear. If I can get both episodes out next week and the week after, then sure, we'll 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 go for that. Um I don't know how everybody's schedule is looking, but we we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that. We will have a show next week, guaranteed, and we'll be yeah. talking yeah. about chapters 4 and 5. So um but yeah, uh, that's it for us. I appreciate everybody listening. Until next time. I'm Drew.
1: And I'm Matt. I'm Faye. <laughs>
0: Fuck you, man. What? What? What happened? Oh, what happened? I don't What's know. What's going
2: on? I was, I don't know. I, was, I, don't know I, I have to I
0: it. have to say that's actually very fucking clever. What? What? What happened? <laughs> I don't I don't even know what I did. Don't even worry about it. You keep keep bringing that up. All I'll say is next year miracles may very well happen. Okay. Okay. Cool. But until then. That's it for us. I hope you guys have a great week. We will be back next week with more Danganronpa 2. Goodbye, despair.